Hey, Allison, before we start this week, I was really excited and I want to talk about our new sponsor, audible.com. You can now go to audibletrial.com slash bizmarried and get a free 30-day trial membership to audible.com on us. So uh, audible.com is great. It's a great place to get best-selling audiobooks. They now have podcasts, everything. Yeah, I'm a car listener, so this is great. I can just download it and listen to books and audio things in my car. Yeah, so definitely check it out. Go to audibletrial.com slash bizmarried. Now on to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Married with a Business. I'm Craig. And I'm Allison. And we're married with a business. Not only do we live together and raise children together, but we also have a business that's kind of like having a child as well together. Yes, sometimes it's really whiny, just like the kids. (laughs) So, Allison, how's your week been? I was going to ask you. My week's been pretty good. Yeah? I pre-planned that it was going to be light, I think. Um, Kids are back in school. We've got one who's Five days a week in school, one who's two days a week in school, and three days a week remote. But this week, they're just doing the in-school portion, so we got a reprieve from having to be online this week. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting once the remote learning starts and uh, we have to have a child in front of a computer for the vast majority of a day. But I think it'll be good because I think we were much more independent at their age than they are now, so I think that they're by default, are now going to have to push a little harder because I don't want to be responsible for logging them in and out of every class. Yeah, I think that it'll be good for them to learn how to use the technology in a different way instead of just playing games all the time. Right. Life's an adventure, and we're going to learn that early. Right. I mean, I will say the whole idea of them being back in a classroom and back in a setting with more people that are outside of our sphere. I guess, you know, this is our first experience since COVID started that we're really starting to integrate ourselves into another mass gathering of people. When you start to think about, you know, we have the four of us, our family, and now our boys are going back into a school and there's other kids and they're now bouncing off of other people that are bouncing off of other. And it just makes that that, that COVID bubble, it makes your bubble much bigger. Yeah. And not by choice. But I think that it's good for them. They went into Monday morning really scared and they came out Monday afternoon happier than they've been in a long time. So yeah, I think now that they've been back, in, I think they were definitely scared the first day and they're definitely now more back into the, the, the routine of it. I think they're getting used to the new normal of it with desks far apart and masks on for the majority of the day. And I think the things that the parents were complaining and worried about have haven't even really phased them because they're kids and they're more malleable than we give them credit for. I would not want to be an educator right now. That that is that is a job that I am glad I don't have. It has to be very very challenging. I mean it's on average trying to, especially elementary level kids on average trying to to teach an elementary kid is probably challenging. Now you've added all of this extra stuff on top of it. We're blessed. We have an amazing second grade teacher. This is her second year. We had her for her first year as well because we have a second and a third grader. So, um, and we have a really good relationship with her. So we're real lucky we don't know the third grade teacher. So we'll, it's a, we'll wait and see how well we do. Yeah, well, it'll be, we'll test it out. We'll see how it goes. But I think... Even though I've been the one dealing with school, you have been the one who's more overwhelmed by everything this week. Yeah, I am feeling 
this, the last couple of days, the last week and a half, I'm feeling very overwhelmed by everything. And it's kind of strange because it sort of immediately hit after coming back from the long weekend, the Labor Day weekend, long weekend, um, where I just, I had packed meetings into one week. And then this week was my catch up week, but I'm not catching up anything. And overall, I'm feeling just very overwhelmed and sort of, you know, overtaken by everything that I have to do at work. Right. Well, being overwhelmed is an emotional response. It's caused by stress. It's caused by trauma. It's caused by relationship issues and by having a lot on your plate. Um, So you've recognized that you're overwhelmed, which is really good. So now that you've recognized that you're overwhelmed, what what needs to be true for you to kind of prioritize, do you think? I don't know. That's really tough. I feel like I'm in a position with work right now where I have, I have, I've taken on too much. I've bit off more than I can chew that I'm, I've got this whole backlog of emails and communications and proposals and all of this stuff I'm supposed to be getting to people that I'm just so far behind on. And so I'm, I, I don't, I don't, I, the one thing about me I'm, and this is a, you know, one of my probably many character flaws is that when I get to a point where I'm so overwhelmed and I have so much stuff to do that I don't, I, I can't focus on any of it. So I just start to be more easily distracted when I'm overwhelmed. Aha. So what we need to do is have you brain dumped everything that is in your brain that needs to get done onto your list? No, I probably should sit down and spend some time doing that tomorrow or the next day. So so take a breather, brain dump, because it, it feels more overwhelming when it's all in your head. Well, what I do is I rank everything by priority, A's, B's, C's, mm-hmm. and then prioritize the A's, then prioritize the B's, then prioritize the C's. But one thing we also you also need to do is look at that list once you've done it and what are things that only you can do. Well, and I think that's that especially as a business owner that tends to be a very challenging question. Ah, but you've got a team. I You're do. not alone and there are people who are cross trained to do some of the things that you do. I do, but I think sometimes and and this is definitely more head trash than not. I think sometimes I look at a task and I go, well, I can spend 15 minutes trying to explain it to somebody and have them do it and get 20 questions back on it, or I could just spend the hour and do it myself. And so that's a lot of times how I tend to look at things. But if you don't ever give them the opportunity to get better and quicker, they'll never get better and quicker. And so you'll never get that extra time back. It might cost you a little bit more time now to create or update the system but in the but we're looking at the long game, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, short term it might be a little bit more frustrating, but long term we've got to get we've got to get these things moving. And even if you have to answer a few more questions, you can be doing other things while they're trying. I hear you, and and it's definitely one of those things hurdles I I need to overcome. I think you know most business owners look at things and say nobody can do it better or faster than me. And, and that's, that's the, we like to call it the Superman mentality that I'm the best at doing this. And that's why I've gotten to the point that I've gotten as a business owner, as an entrepreneur. And so it's very hard for somebody when you are quick, efficient, and, you know, 
you think that nobody can do as better as good as you, it's very hard to delegate that off to somebody. Didn't we just have this conversation at dinner about you helping get the kids ready for school in the morning? No, I agree. And I understand. Like it's it's one of those things where, you know, I have this problem with you every morning. I I, I say, I'll make lunch tomorrow. I'll make lunch tomorrow. Don't worry about it. I get up in the morning, I take my shower and I come downstairs and you've already got lunches made. I never got the opportunity to make the lunches. Tomorrow you're making lunches. All right. Right. But, but I'm going to turn your words around on you. Just like you needing the opportunity to make lunches, your team needs the opportunity to try to take some of these things off your plate. They don't know you need them. You need help with them. And delegating is hard. Delegating is all about trust, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, definitely. And that trust doesn't come naturally in a... Sometimes if you have team members who you feel like they're not performing well or that they're letting you down, you don't want to delegate to them and trust them. But that might be the best time to do that, to have that conversation and say, you know, I trust you to do this. I need your I need your help. And sometimes when people think that they're helping, it gives them the motivation to do better because some of the people on your team are people pleasers. They want to please you. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's also, you know, you're absolutely right in the sense of it's, it's, I think anybody can do anything if they put their mind to it and, and put their, their, uh, work ethic into it. I, I, I do have, you know, I am very bad. I'll be the first to admit that I don't like to delegate things because I want it done a certain way. I want it done my way. And a lot of times I have a hard time accepting the way that somebody else has done something. Listen, if someone's going to wash, do my laundry and fold my towels, I'm not going to complain about the way they folded the towels. Oh, but you will. But you you say that now, but you'll look at it and you'll be like, I don't know why they folded that. I've, I've seen it before. You've done it before when somebody's done it. I might it. say it's you, not the person who's helped me. <laughs> true. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah, I mean, delegating is complicated. It takes practice and, you know, they need access to resources and they need, but it also can help find holes in our systems and in our manuals and in our processes. And I think the other thing for me, and, and I, I do realize this um, as much as I'm, I'm playing the, uh, the foe this week in the episode, I do realize that to grow For us to grow as a company, for us to be able to have the things that we want to have at home and the time that we want, you know, it's important for you, somebody else to be able to do some of your tasks. Yeah. The other thing I need you to, I want you to look at is when you do your brain dump and look at that list, have you taken on monkeys from, like from the one minute manager? Have you taken on tasks that are really somebody else's that you need to give back to them? Well, I think part of it... Yes and no. I think part of it is that we've allowed systems to be created in our company that rely on either you or me to be the 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 driving force behind whatever that task is. If it's bookkeeping, if it's something, you know, we, we had this discussion last week where um, some people were past due on bills. Some of our clients were past due on bills and there was no communication between the departments on, on that past due bill notice that needed to go out. And so kind of what, one thing that happened was, is that, you know, everybody was looking for you to tell them what to do and you just want them to follow the system. So I think that sometimes it is a matter of pushing people into a system. Right. And like I said, everyone has access to that. It's all in our client management software. Any but he could be looking at it. Why is it my responsibility to 100% tell everybody what to do all the time? So, but that was a good example of our system needs to change. Um, 
I should be looking at it and communicating it, yes, but on a weekly basis, the production department should be looking at that information as well because they have that information. I also think part of creating or part of delegating, I guess, not necessarily creating a system or, you know, get telling somebody how to do it, but part of delegating is you have to definitely realize that you're, it's going to cost time at first. There is, there is a loss of production. There is a loss of time of your time at first. The idea is, is that over time, over the span of whatever it might be, hopefully it's only a few months, it might be a year, it continues to get better and better and better. And one of the things that you, that you need to remember and where I'm saying you, because right now you're the one who's feeling most overwhelmed, is sometimes taking a few minutes to stop, take a breath and make a plan is time well spent, even if you think it's not being, quote unquote, productive. Yeah, I also think that part of it for me was is even today I found myself I was overwhelmed I was working from home today. I was very overwhelmed by both some personal things, you know, that I was having to deal with via email and, and texts and then work stuff that was popping up that I realized I had forgotten about or needed to get done today or this week. And I just kind of did. I did do that. I stopped. I went. I, got, I went upstairs. I took a quick shower, calmed myself down and let, you know, let myself center again, then got back, got back to work. Well, and so what do you think? Besides having a lot to do, I mean, you always have a lot to do. Are there other things that are causing you to feel overwhelmed that maybe are being blown up in your head or that if you talked about it would be helpful? What do you think is causing it? I don't know. I think that you're definitely right what you said at the top, which was there's a lot personally going on with the kids going back to school and sort of the stress and overwhelmingness of just that and the thought of all of that. Um, I think I have done a poor job in the past two weeks of time management um, that I haven't, and I, and there's a lot of outside factors that keep me from being able to do on my, do my work. There's a lot of meetings that are outside of my control, you know, with the kids going back to school and trying to manage to today with some of that while you could work, there was a little bit of that was out of my control. Um, I, I think that part of it is I, I also sometimes let things creep from the outside in and just distract me from from working. And there's, you know, I get a text, I get a phone call, I get a message about something, and I let that distract me. So I feel like there's a lot of things. And, and, and part of it is, is just being able to push all of that away and focus and get that one task done that you need to get done. And that's why we... And, and it's to be honest with you, I looked after I kind of had my little freak out today about it, and then I I looked at my full focus planner, which I use every day. I hadn't written anything down for today yet. I hadn't even moved my stuff from yesterday. I hadn't organized myself. So it, it was definitely an example of just letting myself get overwhelmed by all those things. You were letting the day run you, and you weren't running your day. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. All right. So I was thinking about some ways that we can stop feeling overwhelmed and overworked and some of like little tips that came up, you know, as we talked about it is kind of recognizing why you're being, why you're overwhelmed that we talked about, you know, and talking to yourself about, is this really necessary? Are these things that have to be done now? Are they an A, a B or a C? Can I push my C's off my list and put them down later on my list? Push the reset button on your calendar. You know, if new things are coming in, we talk a lot about, 
you're going to not schedule something, a new appointment for two weeks from now. And that gives you a two week buffer to feel like you can get caught up on things. Scheduling those most important things first, those A things and taking your calendar and blocking out time for them. I know yesterday you had tried to do that and didn't get something done. So when you had said that today, I moved that block over today and you said you were working on it in the time block. So having a visual time to say, I'm not going to worry about this until two o'clock on Thursday and gives yourself some time for some unconscious thought, taking that walk, taking that shower and you know, set some boundaries with yourself. I'm only going to do these things at this time on this day. And being strategic with what you can say yes and no to. Everyone comes at you all the time and you think you need to deal with them at that moment, but maybe turning do not disturb on your phone, the text, the personal text, the personal emails don't need to get dealt with right away. You're at work and they should be respecting those boundaries. And sometimes you let them not respect those boundaries. Absolutely. And to tame your distractions as well. Manage your devices. Don't let your devices manage you. And remember your impact on people. What are the people and what are the things that are most important? We're going back to what have we agreed we value and managing those items first. I think part of it is finding that that point where you have to realize. And, me, and I think for me, what happens a lot of times is that obviously you're not going to realize you're overwhelmed until you're at the peak of it. Or you're, you know, you're at that point where like I was today, I was like, oh my gosh, everything is just, I can't get it all done. I'm not going to be able to get it all done. And so if there's ways, if by doing some of these things, and if there's ways of other things that you can do to try to catch yourself before you get to the peak and I'm as, you know, like I said, I'm as guilty. Everybody's guilty. And it's going to happen no matter how, how much you try. Perfection is, is never there. Like it's always within your grasp, but never there. It'll be my turn next week. So don't worry. You'll be having (laughs) the same conversation back at me. But I think definitely taking some of those action items of like taking a step back, thinking about things, reviewing priorities, you know, being better about setting deadlines and organizing my schedule. I think for me, that's where I really start to get overwhelmed is when I feel like, and you said it earlier, when I feel like my schedule's running me and I'm not running my schedule when there are things that I need to get done and have to get done, but there's no time to do those things. And so that's where it starts to, you know, really affect me. And and it's funny because I I, I said this to you today and, and I was thinking about it just a minute ago when you were talking. I said this to you today. When we were when I was younger, <laughs> 20 years ago, when I got overwhelmed, it was just about about spending more time on it. Like it was just about you know, okay, I'll come home from work and then work another three hours because I can. I don't have children. I don't have responsibilities. And I was young and had energy. I feel like now in my 40s and having kids and other responsibilities that like by the time you get done with dinner and putting the kids to bed, that energy has gone. Like I don't I don't have the energy to get back up and work. You're so old and decrepit. I, I just know, don't know, know how you manage. And I think that that's also like part of it is that trying to be better about realizing what my limits and expectations of myself can be. So, but yeah, those are definitely some ideas. I, and, and definitely, and I, you know, check out free to focus. Michael Hyatt is really good to check out for helping you sort of be better at organizing yourself and not getting overwhelmed. And it is, I definitely, I fell off, I fell off the wagon this week with, you know, my, 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 my Michael Hyatt, my full focus planner, all of that stuff. It might be time to revisit that as your background. Uh, Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Put put free to focus back on and listen to it again. I downloaded it from Audible, so it's in the it's in the library. But um, but yeah, so that's that is that is really uh, 
That's really what my week has been like. All right. So for a marriage moment this week, I think that you and I should talk a little bit about taking a break and taking a walk together. Okay. So one thing that we do fairly regularly is we take a break. Our neighborhood is a big circle, so it's like a giant track, which is nice, and go for a walk around the neighborhood and have a little bit of quiet time outside of the house. Sometimes we talk, sometimes we don't. Sometimes you pontificate about life, um, but it gives us a nice break to be together. Yeah. we. I mean, I will say we try to make it a daily thing. It's not always a daily thing. It's usually a few times a week um, right now with not a lot of extracurricular activities and appointments and stuff with the kids. It's actually a little more than it normally is. It's a good time for you and I to, to definitely just sort of talk off the cuff, not have any, not have to be looking at notes or writing things down or thinking about the actions, just talking about if it's a work thing, if it's a, if it's a home thing, if it's a dream thing, if it's talking about next year on vacation, we want to do these things. It's, it's, it's kind of nice. I enjoy it. It's a good 20 minutes of, of the day. Yeah, I was going to say it's 15, 20 minutes screen free with my partner. And it's nice. Yeah, definitely nice. So uh, speaking of which, don't forget uh, when you start thinking about something to do, you can download books from Audible. Audible, sponsor of our show. They're great. You can go to audibletrial.com slash bizmarried and get a free 30-day trial at Audible and download audiobooks. They have podcasts. They have magazines. You can listen to the New York Times headlines and stuff. It's great. But uh, what have you been listening to this week on Audible? So I just listened to Childhood Interrupted by Dr. Sanjay Gupta. It's an Audible original. Um and it's a, only it's short. It's a 46 minutes. It's a little essay that he wrote about um, reflecting on his life as a parent during this unprecedented time. Um, he talks about his fears and the questions that his girls had about COVID and this public health crisis. And he talked a l- little bit about a candid glimpse into how he's navigating the pandemic at home. And so it was a li- it was helpful because Sanjay Gupta's like the the country's doctor. He's the country's pediatrician, even though he's a neuroscientist and works with the brain. So it was it was interesting to get his point of view and how he dealt with his girls as we've been dealing with our kids through all this and through going back to school. Yeah, it was a good listen. And what's kind of funny about Audible, too, is I listen to things sometimes at one and a half or one and a quarter speed. So that 45-minute you know book was only like 32 minutes for me to listen to. Um it was great, though. It's You know, what was kind of great about it is to hear somebody who you see on TV, you think is well put together and is well put together, but is, you know, has everything together and everything's perfect. And just to hear what his struggles were with his family going through some of the, the COVID stuff. So check that out. It's called Childhood Interrupted by Dr. Sanjay Gupta. It's an Audible original, and you can get Audible for free for 30 days if you check out our link, audibletrial.com slash bizmary. That's audibletrial.com slash bizmary. You'll love it. You'll love it. Allison, who we got for a listener shout out this week? This week, we wanted to give a shout out to Christine Zunt from Tinker Garden in West Bridgewater, Mass. Um, Tinker Garden is an outdoor enrichment program for kids six months to eight years old, where they bring families together in a natural place outside in the community where they do classes and they learn through play. Our boys did several of the classes when they were younger and they loved it. They played in the mud. They made messes. They explored outside. Uh, They have classes in all 50 states with over 1,600 leaders. And right now... They're hosting what's called a circle time class online. And so it's 
like for preschool age, younger kids, they do a daily or a weekly circle time program. Um, you can check it out at tinkergarden.com backslash circle time. Definitely check it out. Christine Zunt, uh, who works at Tinker Garden, is great and in West Bridgewater, Massachusetts. But there's a lot, even in your area, it's all over the country. Tinker Garden has uh, teachers everywhere. Yeah, they have programs in all 50 states and they've got great resources online for outdoor playing. Yeah, definitely check it out. Well, thanks everybody for listening this week. I hope everybody is uh, does doing well with kids and family going back to school if you have them. Um, we'd also like to remind you, check us out on social media. You can find us online on Instagram, on Twitter, at BizMarried. You can also find us on Facebook, Married with a Business, and you search it in the search bar. Yeah, everybody, and don't forget... Not only are we married, but we have a business. We want you to focus on your marriage and focus on your business. We're married with a business. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great week. Bye.